When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio. Key, J. Hugh Jackson, as we know, is going to join us at 8.30. It's a half hour from now. We will ask him directly if he accepted money from the Browns to lose games. Jackson said that the team had a, quote, four-year plan that incentivized losing during the first two years, which led to his 1-31 record during the 2016 and 17 seasons. Hugh Jackson said that bonus money was available if certain measurables were met, such as aggregate rankings, being the youngest team and having so many draft picks. A spokesman for the Browns called the charge, quote, completely fabricated and said that, quote, any accusation that any member of our organization was incentivized to deliberately lose games is categorically false. There's a lot of, you know, implications, incentivized behavior with draft picks. You imagine in leagues, thinking the NBA it happens, could it be happening in the NFL? Different kind of game. But at any rate, all this comes a day after Brian Flores said this about Dolphins owner Stephen Ross also incentivizing losing. This is Flores told Mike Greenberg when he was on Get Up. You know, that was... uh a conversation about not doing as much as we needed to do to win football games. Take a flight, go on vacation. I'll give you $100,000 per loss. Like, those are just the you know, exact words. Um, and it's not something, look, I deal in truth. And I, I say that to the players as well. I'm going to give you good news, bad news, but it's going to be the truth. It's going to be honest. So to disrespect the game that way was something that, you know, trust was lost, and there were certainly some, some strained relationships, and ultimately I think that was you know, to my demise. We just asked two-time Super Bowl champion Tom Brady teammate Damian Woody for his big-picture thoughts on that statement by Flores. Here is what Damian just said about it. As far as the allegations um, with the Miami Dolphins, that's a serious allegation, man. That is serious. If that if that you know turns out to be true, man, Stephen Ross is going to have to come up off that team, in my opinion. So, if that's true, key should Stephen Ross lose his team? One hundred percent. One hundred percent. They they the NFL would and should make him sell the team. When you in when you do that and you jeopardize the integrity of the National Football League, the shield. Now, this ain't because this ain't going to be just about draft picks in the end. Because, again, I'll say it one more time. It's got to be something deeper than that. Because one guy who's drafted in the first round is not going to take you to the Super Bowl the next year. It's not going to happen. This is not the NBA. So what are you really doing it for? What's really going on in this day and age? I don't want to speculate. 
but I have to. This, you know, is there some gaming issues going on? Is there some of that going on? Like, what is it really? But absolutely, if they find out that what Brian Flores is saying is actually the truth, oh, yeah, he need to put that up for auction. The reason this is a juicy story is it's multi-layered with overlapping and giant overlapping issues. Now, Stephen Ross has released a statement that read, with regards to the allegations being made by Brian Flores, I'm a man of honor and integrity and cannot let them stand without responding. I take great personal exception to these malicious attacks, and the truth must be known. His allegations are false, malicious, and defamatory. We understand that there are media reports stating that the NFL intends to investigate his claims and we will cooperate fully. I welcome that investigation, and I am eager to defend my personal integrity and the integrity of the values of the entire Miami Dolphins organization from these baseless, unfair, and disparaging claims. Now, Jay, the overlapping issues here is, number one, this started as a kind of racially charged issue because Mm -hmm. the the charges are racial, literally. Um, Brian Flores is talking about hiring practices and stuff with the Giants and the Broncos, but with Miami, he's really talking about being put in a bad situation. And we know that there are far fewer black head coaches hired than white head coaches. For those of you out there say, well, the general population is more white than black. NFL population, 70% plus black, Mm -hmm. right? And also far fewer second opportunities afforded black head coaches. With all that in mind, what do you think about what's going on here? You see, I I don't think just um, jeopardizing the integrity of the game would be enough for him to lose the team. Um, I give it an example. I feel like Daniel Snyder and what's happened at the Washington football team, or excuse me, the Washington commanders was way worse and he didn't lose the team. I do feel though, the combination of both jeopardizing the integrity of the game and the reality of what's happening with Brian Flores on a discrimination lawsuit and the overall narrative and look of that, those things combined, if found True, if there is evidence that supports Brian Flores' claim that can be proven in court, then that would be enough, the combination of both, to warrant him losing the team. Daniel Snyder was removed from day-to-day operations, supposedly, he, he, anyway. He but was, like, but then yeah, literally a month ago, Ron Rivera said, oh, I just got done talking to both owners. <laughs> like, so, and it's <laughs> yeah. reported, right? Yeah, so, like, yeah. And he also was the guy announcing the team's name, and so that's, it's murky water. And what about the fact, Key, what, what raised my eyebrows, a red flag to me in the NFL's response to the original claim uh, um, that Brian Flores made against the Giants and Broncos was they said it was – and by the way, I suppose this also included the Miami allegations because the, the NFL's response was it's without merit. The suit is without merit. How did they know that that quickly – and now can't. Stephen Ross is saying, the owner of the Dolphins is saying, hey, I understand through the media, by media reports, that there will be an investigation. I welcome it. Well, did, yeah, did the NFL know, already say it was out merit without an investigation? Yes, they did. <laughs> that, that's so what point. are they investigating? They're going to say it's without merit first and then investigate? Yeah, they'll probably change their stance in a little bit. But in terms of, like, the Denver Broncos situation, yeah. I mean, he was impaired coming in. Uh, you know, an hour late, you know. Who's he? You mean John Elway? John Elway. Brian Flores says, eh, you know, he's a little drunk and a little, you know, a little, eh. Okay, so I went out with my buddies last night and we ate and we had dinner and we showed up and my hair was hurting and I almost missed the meeting. But that doesn't mean that I didn't interview him properly. I probably just didn't know what he was saying. Got it. That They're they going to they get that part in. That just shows 
the disrespect Respect. side oh, of yes, the interview, mm. right? That just shows that you didn't take me serious. I don't know that the Denver Broncos, that's going to be, in my opinion, a slap on the wrist for the Denver Broncos, but it shows it shows the disrespect and it shows things like that take place when you are interviewing minority candidates. You wouldn't have done that to Vic Fangio. I think that's kind of what he possibly could be saying in the lawsuit. Then when you look at the Giants situation, I don't like the Giants situation because you if you knew that you already had your guy and you just did a second interview for protocol to check the box, it's disrespectful, it's you know, distasteful, and it's not acceptable because you are playing with people's emotions and feelings at that point in time. Now, had it never got out because you wasn't talking to people, then it's something different, Max. Something Um, different. You know, one of the questions, the follow-up question that Greeny asked, Coach asked uh, Brian Flores yesterday on Get Up, was what do you hope to accomplish here? And Brian Flores considered it and said he wants to change hearts and minds. That's, by the way, how you change the world. (laughs) You change people's hearts and minds, right? Um, And... Ryan Clark was responding to someone on Twitter yesterday and who was saying, hey, you know, here the problem is the Rooney rule. The basic complaint was, you know, you're forcing people to check boxes, and then you're complaining when they're simply checking boxes. But Ryan Clark brought up the one black head coach at the moment in the NFL who's going to go to the Hall of Fame, Mike Tomlin, who works for the team that led to this Rooney Rule's existence, the Rooney Rule, the owner of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Rooney. Um, They weren't planning on hiring Mike Tomlin, but they went into the process. He was not one of the front runners because you have a pretty good idea early on, usually like who you think, if you had to rank the candidates, you have a pretty, I think it's probably, but they went in and actually went through with the process. And because they went in and did the process, they didn't try and circumvent it, even in spirit, they wound up hiring Mike Tomlin. Right. So it it goes to show that it really is the intention of the franchise in the first place. Do we think that this is important? Do we think the rule is there for a good reason? And even though I'm being made to do something I really don't want to do, I already know who I want to hire. Are we going to respect it? Because here it's been disrespected. If if Brian Flores' allegations are true, Jay. I just... And I get that the league was trying to be proactive in increasing diversity key. You know, but I was talking to Troy Vincent last night, and I said it to him as well. I said, you know, Troy, it just it feels so insulting that teams need to be incentivized to hire people of different ethnicities, right, like a minority. And, if you, you know, we, do this, we did this thing in college basketball all the time, like blind resumes, like where you put a really good uh, brand-name team against another team that people don't think should be in, and you don't know which team they are, and you just show their resume. And a lot of times it's, it's a setup, right? You're like, oh, I'll take this team. And you're like, well, that team's Murray State. You know, you're taking that team over this team, and this team's Gonzaga, and you've been selling me on this team the whole time. And I feel like Brand a lot of that, of reality, yeah, Jay, that's, brand that's what, reality. I feel like a lot of times that's what we're looking at. With these situations, if you if you were to do blind resumes, key, and it wasn't based upon relationships, then you would be taking the best competent coach. And a lot of times, I feel like these guys don't look 
due to the relationships that they have, who's in the room with you, to the best competent coach. Let's bring a Hall of Famer into this conversation who, when it comes to me, apparently would be petty if he was Tom Brady. You've been waiting for this the whole morning. (laughs) Oh, you know it. Ty Law joins us now. Good morning, Ty. How are you this morning? Hey, what's going on, Max? I know I wasn't on the show with you, but I had to give it to you, man, because I've been thinking about that since you said that, bro. Of course. I am. uh, In the story of Tom Brady, I am apparently the motivating force. So there you have it. Hey, uh, Ty Law, three-time Super Bowl champion. Um, This was him, what we're referring to, on first take yesterday morning. Listen. If I was Tom Brady, because I'm a little bit pettier, I would go to Costa Rica and I would call Max Kellerman. Now I'm going to jump off my cliff. I'm going to jump off it right now with a cannonball and I might be holding up these, but it wouldn't be fist. Now I'm going to jump off the cliff. So, Ty, are, are you saying that my cliff comment actually became the thing that drove Tom Brady? Man, I, you, you look, he finds the littlest things to motivate him, and I think that you you added a couple years to his career because he said I'm gonna, I ain't falling off enough. You know what I mean? That's just how <laughs> he's wired, did. man. So, and I'm a petty guy. Mm. I might have got you at the end of my career. I'd have, mm. I'd have got you and dropped the mic, Don't and then I was gonna tape down. it out because I mean, you know he got a crib in Costa Rica. Yeah, he got a crib in Costa Rica. That's why I said that. What's up, uh, KJ? What's up, y'all? What up, Ty? What's happening, man? I mean, man, but hey, hey, that was hey, Max. Man, you put your foot in your mouth on that one, bro. <laughs> he played till he's 44. He played till he's 44. He was playing at MVP level. There was no signs of falling off anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The only thing that you got, Max, is like, you know what? You said 45. You 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 came up short because he said 45. So that's only that's the only comeback you got. Yeah. See, see, Tom Brady. See. <laughs> um. Wh- why do you think it was the right time for Tom Brady to retire, Ty? Because. Really, I don't think it it was nothing else left for him to do. I mean, and, and he always talked about the commitment when he couldn't commit to the game anymore. Not that he wouldn't be a great quarterback, but it's everything that makes Tom who he is. And he wasn't he didn't want to do that anymore. He could have dropped the mic a long time ago, and he would still be the greatest of all time. But he still had that competitive drive. You're talking about all the things that he's doing now. You see the personality. He's doing a lot of things, and – why not ride off to the sunset? Even with the loss, he proved that he was still the GOAT. <laughs> you know what I mean? So uh, there's nothing less, else left to do, and he decided to hang him up. I mean, 22 years, every record, he's first at everything. And I think when he stayed and kept playing for as long as he, he has, it was little records out there that said, you know, I got to get this one. I got to get this one. I think he wanted to make sure that he got everything that meant anything to the quarterback position in football before he shut it down, and he's done that. Ty, what, what's your favorite Brady memory or story, you know, whether it's practice or in a game, on the plane, whatever? I, the, the story that sticks out to me is something that you wouldn't see on the field because it was a, a, amongst us. Um, we were going to a team dinner, and when Tom got the job, it was uh, Tom, myself, Laura Malloy, we were going into the restaurant, and he just said, you know what? He just looked at me and lawyer, I ain't giving that you know what back. You know, I can't say it on y'all radio show. And and me and lawyer, we was like <laughs> we like, hey, well, that's how that's that's what you're supposed to say. But at the same time, he Jay he had a hundred million dollar quarterback that he just replaced and just signed a new contract. 
So, we, I, you know, we like that's the spirit. That's what you want. That's what you want to hear, especially when we're a defensive-led team. We like, yeah, just don't mess it up. <laughs> you know what I mean? And he wasn't, he wasn't messing around. He really believed that he was not going to step back off the field and he was not giving that job back when he took it, even though he had the big contract. Uh, Drew Blaswell had the big contract. He really believed that, man. And, and like, from a guy just on the team, I know how this business works. When Tom, uh, when uh, Drew Bledsoe gets healthy again enough to play, being that he signed that contract, oh, he's going to step right back in his position. And you got to give a nod to Coach Belichick for him to say, you know what, we're going to stay with this guy. Because, I mean, just as a businessman, if I pay you $100 million, I'm expecting you to get back out there in the field. At least I'm going to give you a shot to get back out there in the field. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. Three-time Super Bowl champion, five-time Pro Bowler, two-time first-team All-Pro. Wow, what a resume. Ty Law joining us here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Ty. What are your thoughts on Brian Flores' lawsuit against the NFL? I mean, I'm proud of uh, 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 Brian for standing up for what he believes. It's unfortunate that we still have to deal with this. There were rules and things in place that's obviously not working, but for Brian to – go out there for the greater good and risk his own career uh, is saying a lot about who he is, you know, and I believe something is going on. I, I really do. And it's unfortunate that we still have to talk about this. And it's another Colin Kaepernick situation, you know, as far as on the coaching side. So the NFL needs to do something. They have to do something. And I'm glad uh, Brian Flores is stepping up to the plate in a big way, but he may well be – he may well cost himself, you know, his job, but I think that he understands that, but it's something that needs to be done, and he's not – it's just not about him. I know Brian well. It's not about him. It's about the guys that uh, preceded him. It's the guys that's coming behind him, and he's going to make a stand for that. And I think, uh, you know, he, he – he, hey, hats off to him. Good for, good for Brian. Ty, how surprised are you, though, that he would take that risk, being such a young coach in this business and having a promising career, that he would take, you know, he would just take this chance, this risk, lay it all on the line. It's almost like saying, I'm getting ready to nuke the National Football League and these owners if we don't start, you know, doing the right things. Well, the first step, Key, is you got to, he's bringing awareness to the situation. It's something that we was already aware of, you know, we don't know, but you're going up against a powerful machine. You're going up against 32 billionaires, and at the end of the day, they're going to stick together. So he's going to fight. He's fighting an uphill battle, but he's bringing the awareness. We're talking about it right now. You're talking about it on your platforms every day, and I'm and I hopefully it brings some type of change. I don't know what type of change is going to be, but something has to give. As long as we keep talking about it, bringing that up, we 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 calling them out. And and that's what it, and that's what is supposed to happen because it's not right. I mean, you talk about a, a guy that would he go eight and zero at the end of the season? It's something you know like he that. beat the Patriots. I don't know how many times. That's what you brought him down there, you, down there for. You know what I mean? Give him an opportunity. When you see, you know, it's only one black head coach in the National Football League, and Mike Tomlin. Where and it's all about the Rooney Rule. Who started the Rooney Rule? Who was it named after? Yep, Pittsburgh. And I give him all kind of credit. Pittsburgh Steelers owner. That's the only one that got a black head coach. And he, has to, and he has to be never having a losing season. <laughs> and, the, the, like, if you're a black coach, you better never have a losing season. 
And by the way, Brian exactly. Flores wasn't having losing seasons, and he still lost his job. Exactly. And, and, and if you have to have perfection and if you have to be like Mike Tomlin and never have losing in order to get an opportunity, it's not right. It's not just and it's not right, period. That's Ty Law, ladies and gentlemen. And on a lighter note, Ty, I'm, I'm glad that you came on this show and admitted that, in fact, I have been the most powerful man in football the last several years <laughs> because you said I am the reason he kept playing. Tom Brady, has, that decided the fate of the Super Bowl. That's right. Hey, Ty. Hey, he probably, he probably hey, I'm, I'm telling you, you had something to do with it, Max. So, I mean, oh. we, we appreciate you, too, for pissing him off. That's, that's going on my tombstone now. Like, you got to be in my eulogy. <laughs> I want a Super Bowl, everybody. That is the great Ty Law, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for jumping on with us, Ty. All right, Ty. All right. right, Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. The NBA is on ESPN Radio. Tune in tonight as the Clippers host the Lakers, presented by Indeed. Coverage begins at 7 p.m. Eastern on most ESPN radio stations. Keyshawn J. Willemax is presented by Progressive Insurance. So, listen, stay with us. Um, Big things happening in the NFL. Brian Flores' lawsuit. Now Hugh Jackson's allegations. Hugh Jackson is next, right here on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 8. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio Sirius XM Channel 80. ESPN app, your smart speakers. Download the podcast. Hugh Jackson. The man himself is with us right now, former Cleveland Browns head coach. Good morning, Coach. Good morning. Coach, thank you for joining us this morning. Um, Uh, Sure, no problem. You said on SportsCenter that the Browns had a, quote, four-year plan that incentivized losing during the the two years you were there. A spokesperson for the Browns called your charge completely fabricated and said that any accusation – that any member of our organization was incentivized to deliberately lose games is categorically false. That's a quote. Would you please expand on what you mean by the Browns' four-year plan that incentivized, incentivized losing? Well, first of all, I think everybody knows that the Browns needed to say that. I mean, what else can they say? That Hughes right. Uh, we did have a four-year plan in the first two years. 
Uh, it had nothing to do with winning because uh, it does not say winning. It says uh, a lot of different things about being the youngest team in the league, um, making sure you have the aggregate uh, rankings, which was going to be the lower half of the league in the league, uh, being the youngest team, and a number of different things that were categories uh, that you would be uh, paid for if you met the criteria that was on the paper. And those were the things that uh, it was put together. Like I said, I didn't understand it because as a football coach, you know, you don't get caught up into all of that. I mean, we're really about wins and losses and trying to win football games. So I really didn't understand it then, and it took me a while, a really good while, and that plan really wasn't solidified until it didn't start. That wasn't presented to me until about a month and a half that I was first in Cleveland, but it was presented to me as a bonus structure. This is part of your bonus of your contract. And that didn't make any sense to me because uh, it just doesn't – I've never seen one of those. I've been in football long enough to know that that was different but I still didn't understand what it was coming from. Later it was described that this is something that they did at Pilot J Flying uh, to keep all the workers who work together, collaborative, working together, working for the same cause. Um, but I still didn't understand it because, again, I know football. So you kind of go through it. Uh, it was solidified in June. Uh, you start to get into the season and you start to understand, um, wait a minute, why is this like this and why is this not talking about winning? And then when you see how the team is being stripped down and you have to understand, it was never told to me that we were going to strip the team down. I mean, why would I as a second time head coach after being a head coach of the Raiders take a job where I know I needed to win and take a job where all of a sudden I was going to have a team that maybe wouldn't be as competitive as I thought it would be. So that just makes no sense. And so I fought this the whole time. And, um, I, and, and even to this day, when I think about it, think back on it, you know, because for football coaches, it's not about um, bonuses and those things. It's really about winning games and your value and, and how you sing among your peers. And so this was just really different. And it still is different. It's just interesting. I heard a second ago that they're going to uh, investigate you know, the situation in Miami. But I'm so surprised that no one's ever investigated the situation in Cleveland because, believe me, uh, I was there when this was going on and asked for it to be investigated, and it never was. So just interesting. Uh, Hugh, Kimberly uh, Demert of your foundation told ESPN yesterday that there's proof is well-documented yep. and previously had presented this to the league that bonuses <laughs> are offered for losing did you accept mm -hmm. bonus money for losing games? No. When you say, did I accept? No, because I didn't know exactly, like I'm saying, exactly where this was all coming from until we're in it. And when you say accept it, it's like somebody hands you the money. Money gets directly deposited into your account. And once I realized what this was, I went to Jimmy Haslam and said, Jimmy, I'm not interested in bonus structure money what I would hope you do is take the money, the section money you're paying me because you pay me good enough as your head coach and go get us some football players so that we'll have a better football team. So this is not, and I hope people understand because I can see where these narratives go. This is not the same as Brian's situation that way. 
I mean, Brian says that he was offered $100,000 per game. That's not the way this was ever presented. This is presented in a four-year plan structure of a bonus that's supposed to be a bonus for what you do for work and those things working together. That's the way this was uh, put together. And when you look at it, like I said, I mean, it's, it's really interesting because all the all of the contents of it had all these different ways that between uh, coaching executives that they could make money uh, for uh, if you hit on these marks, these particular benchmarks. And mm-hmm. to me, like I said, it didn't make any sense. But that is the money based on, and I still don't even understand what's the formula, how did you figure this out, what made this work. Uh, that said that you would earn, you know, earn this extra money. Uh, but that's what was happening. Did you accept the money unknowingly, and how much was Absolutely. it? Absolutely. It was a total of $750,000, but it was based on how, you know, whatever those benchmarks you hit. What it was that you got every year from it, I really don't know, because those things were directed, you know, right into your checking account. Hugh Jackson, Grambling State head coach, former NFL head coach of the Raiders and the Browns. Coach Hugh, I I have to ask you this because I've gone through contracts before, and and typically Mm -hmm. when I've done deals, my my agents and I sit down and say, okay, like here's how you are incentivized and what your bonus structure is. Did you not go through that process with your representative? Oh, no, we went through it, and I think he was surprised by it. Because, again, this is not not total football. When you're talking about – how young a team would be when you're talking about uh, how, many, how, how many draft picks. I don't have any control over how many draft picks. I don't have any control over how young a team would be. Uh, that's just uh, the way it is. You know, anytime, you know, I've asked for the report once this particular money was deposited. I mean, what is this? How, how do we get to this? How is this number being deposited into my account and no one could ever explain it other than this is what was earned. So coach, I mean, that's what's interesting. Yeah. Did you think that that bonus was for player development? Do you think it was for other aspects? No, I think that bonus was for the group working together towards what this plan was that they had set out. And again, if you don't really understand it, because I wasn't the one to totally devise the plan. So you really don't know what it is until you're in it. And like I said, when you're losing games like you are, you start, you can, it's so easy to put it together when you start to look back at it because here's the losses and you're still getting what is considered a bonus, right? And being paid a bonus. So people don't get paid bonuses for losing. Coach. That makes no sense. Coach, I, I understand. Like, you know, franchises. Uh, interests are not always in that team's interest. In other words, they may have a plan that several years, meantime, the coach and the players on that team want to win now. And you got your, your reputation was sullied. And people like me on TV going, oh, Hugh Jackson's not a good coach. Look, he only won one game in two years. One in 31, that's right. terrible. And you're sitting there going, come on, man, look what I'm working with. They're, they don't want me to win. I get that. I understand. Is mm-hmm. th- that, does that contract exist somewhere? Because that would be a smoking gun, right? If it's, it well, has to be well, in no, black well, and white. That's why I've said to you, I've said to everybody, I have everything that I'm talking about. This is not a secret. This has been brought before the National Football League. And that's why I said it's so surprising, and I'm glad for Brian. They're investigating this. I've asked them to investigate all of this. And because I wasn't 
I didn't bring it out to the public. You know, I tried to do everything the right way. I tried to use the rules of the National Football League and do what they asked me to do. And all they did was bury it. So that's where the difference is right here. If I was public, maybe all this would be out and people see it for what it is. And eventually everybody will, because that's just the way all these things work. But, you know, it's really interesting. I think yesterday, just yesterday, just listening to Joe Thomas talk about taking the team down to the studs. So I'm going to say again, what coach, what minority coach, when there's not very many minority coaches in pro football, would take a team or take a job? when he knows the team's going to be taken down to the studs. That makes no sense. Mm. You can't win in the National Football League when you take a team down to the studs. So what am I saying again? I was not told these things. This was not what I was told when I took this job. And I wasn't told that there was going to be a bonus structure, just like we're talking about now, that I was going to find out a month and a half into the job. All that makes no sense. So to me, it was all a strategic plan on how they were going to do what they were going to do in this analytical process that they had. And I was not going to be a part of it that way, but I was going to be the lead for the football team and keep the football team moving forward. Much more with Coach Hugh Jackson coming right up on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 8. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Hugh Jackson, former Cleveland Browns head coach. Did you accept the money unknowingly, and how much was it? Absolutely. It was a total of $750,000. Hugh Jackson on with Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, right now, presented by Progressive Insurance. Jay, please, uh, you had something you wanted to ask Coach. Yeah, Coach, so we mentioned that your situation was different from Brian Flores. Did you ever consider yeah. a lawsuit like Brian? And what ultimately do you hope the result of you coming forward will be? Well, me coming forward is in support of Brian, that I've been through something like this. The difference is, yes, I went to arbitration with the league. Like I said earlier, I did what was in the Constitution and bylaws and followed the rules of what you're supposed to do. And, um, you know, went to arbitration, and the case was dismissed, basically. 
But at the end of the day, um, you know, you look back at it and you go, well, what if you did it this way? Mm. You try to do things the right way. The mm. right way, in my opinion, was to follow the rules of the Constitution and use what they say they do. Um, because anytime you claim something that's fraudulent in the league, you guys can go check the Constitution bylaws. They're supposed to investigate immediately. And that's not what happened. It's never been investigated. So, um, yeah, I wish I would have did it differently. But why am I coming out now? Because these are things that are happening. And to me, I think um, Brian is, is you know, brave and coming out and saying, hey, look, this is enough. These are the things that have happened. And people, you know, try to uh, uh, push it aside. And I think Brian is seen differently because Brian's won a lot of games and, and is a tremendous football coach. But the situation in Cleveland was much different. You can go look at the team. Uh, you can go see how the teams were built. Uh, totally, totally different circumstances. And so uh, I'm supporting him that way because some of there's some similarities here. It's not the same, but there's definitely some similarities here. Hugh, how concerning is it when you see black hair coaches being set up to fail by multiple owners in the NFL? Well, that's, that's why I feel the way I had to come out and keep talking about it, Kishan, because – I'm very concerned about it. And to me, until we talk about it more, it might continue. And I'm, uh, you know, again, I've, I've lived it. You know, here's another man saying he's lived it, and it's got to stop. I mean, we don't have very much uh, minority representation in the head coach position as it is. And for these men not to get opportunities because of, per se, what my record was or per se what people perceive others as uh, – doing or not doing, I don't think that's right. I don't think it's right at all. Is part of that, Hugh, drafting, uh, getting multiple draft picks doing a black head coach's tenure, knowing that he probably can't win with that young team and giving him a two-year, three-year window, then firing him and hiring a white coach to have that white coach have the fruits of labor off that growing team that they built before they were fired well it looks that way i mean if you just follow how these processes have work it looks that way no cop no coach ever survives losing right i think we we all understand that and that's why i think everybody was so surprised how does you get a third year in in cleveland and gets a new contract well, I mean, because it was told to me, Hugh, I'm, I'm apologizing to you for what we did to you. Uh, I'm apologizing for putting you in this situation because we tried to do something that wasn't right. Uh, we didn't think about this right. They've gone on record as saying we did something and we would tell anybody to never try this again. Well, the problem is nobody ever told me they were ever going to try it. That's what and I think if people just really dig and see what this really is, as opposed to saying, well, what is you, what is you's beef in this? My beef in this is what you're saying. You took a minority coach who was the offensive coach of the year when he left Cincinnati. You put him in a situation where he did not have a chance to be successful. You ruined his career, and we all think that's okay. And when I was in it, Nobody wanted to listen. So what people see now is Hugh, that side of it, he's the head coach at Grambling. Well, he should be okay and fine. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm concerned about the men that are going to come behind me, that they're going to have to deal with this. And sure enough, here it is with Brian, and that's not fair. 
and it needs to stop and it needs to be brought out so people understand that these things really do happen in major sports like this. Well, Coach, um, someone has to be concerned about you, and if what you're alleging is true and you sound sincere, then I'm just curious. Please take us inside a little bit. What does it feel like, not for the next guy, not for Brian Flores, but for you when people like me or whomever in the media are like, boy, that – Hugh Jackson, when he, you know, they made him head coach and he lost all, he lost every game but one in two years. He's not any good as a head coach. What does that feel like knowing the truth of the situation from your point of view and being painted that way in the media based on the information available to us? Hardest thing in the world. I mean, really tough. I mean, that was uh, some very tough times in my life. And that's why I went to the league and said, I need you guys to restore my name. You need to give me back my name. You took, you, we've allowed them to take my career and my name. And that's not right. I didn't sign up for this. This is not what I was told. And this is not what the shield is supposed to stand for. And then I go to arbitration, and you basically dismiss the case. I mean, that, that makes no sense to me. But that's what happened. And like I said, anything I'm saying to you guys, I can prove there's documentation of it all and the league knows it and the Browns know it. So it's just really interesting that, you know, like I said before, they can come out and say, Hey, look, and, and I hope you guys seen the word that they used in their statement deliberately. So what are you saying? Uh, maybe you indeliberately did it. You might've did something like this, but not deliberately. You know, they know what they did and we all know what they did. Hey, coach, and my I, coaches, my coaches know what they did now because I tried to keep them shielded for all the things because at the end of the day, I'm responsible for other families and husbands and, and families because you're the head coach. You can't just walk away like that. Hey, coach, I know, Key, you want to get in here. I just want to say quickly, um, I react based on the information I have, but I apologize to you if what you're claiming is true then you deserved better than to have your reputation um, sullied uh, by people who said you weren't a good coach when you didn't have the chance to show what you could really do. Sorry, Key, go ahead. Oh, and thank you. I just want you guys to know, and, and it's in document, it's documented. They admitted that 95% of my claims, okay, 95% of what I know is detrimental to the National Football League. And so I'm not, I mean, I don't have anything to hide. I'm not running from that anymore. I mean, that's why I'm putting this out here. People need to know. And I'm no different than what you just said a second ago. Yeah, I get tired of all the memes and people uh, DMing me and porch monkey and all this stuff that gets said. It's ridiculous because people don't want to know the truth. All people know is what the record was. But nobody really understands how the record got that way. Mm-hmm. Hugh, I got 30 seconds left here with you, but I got to ask you this question. Did you ever feel mm-hmm. like you took a sham interview when you were out there interviewing for head coaching jobs? Uh, oh, yeah, I think we all at some point in time feel that way. Yeah, I felt that way before in the National Football League that I went. And it, it, to me, it was part of the Rooney Rule process. And, you know, you had to go. Uh, you knew probably you wasn't the candidate they were very interested in. And sometimes I think we all know people interview people to get information. And um, 
But I think a lot of us have been in those interviews before. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. 